1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com, where our next guest writes once a week. So he's definitely someone you're going to want to check out. But we've also got a lot of other content on the Miami Heat, Miami Dolphins, Miami Hurricanes, Florida Panthers, Miami Marlins. And we even had our best of the year in movies from Chris Joseph of Ballscast up there this week. So not just sports. So check out 5 Make sure to spell out the five. And also check out our next sponsor sponsor of this episode and many other episodes. If you're familiar with them. East Coast Public Adjusters just wants to let you know there's only 10 months left to open your Irma claims. So call now before it's too late, 855 855- 855 Get ECPA. You have a leaky roof experiencing plumbing issues. These problems are most likely covered by your insurance policy. So don't settle for less. For a free, no-obligation inspection, call East Coast Public Adjusters. They've been in business for 31 years. That's right, since Ron Rothstein was the coach of the inaugural heat, since 1988. So here's the number again, 855-GET-ECPA. That's 855-GET-ECPA or visit their website, ECPA claims. .com. And now, today's episode.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka yes. Al 954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on 5 on the floor. No Alphonse Sidney tonight, no Alex Toledo. You'll hear from them as the week progresses. The Heat have a, a busy week coming up, starting up with the Toronto Raptors on the 2nd after a bad loss in Washington. We're not going to focus too much on that, not because we're avoiding it, but we've got bigger stuff to get to today. I am joined by Nikias Duncan. You can catch his launching pad on 5 every Monday. You know, I believe it's the most thoughtful thing being written on the Miami Heat anywhere these days. So make sure that you check it out. Breaks things down in a way that really nobody else in this market does. I'm going to start writing here myself starting up this week. So I won't quite be to Nakias' level, but I will do what I can. That's going to be the season ticket column. And also check out Greg Sylvander's gut check column, uh, which is up there. Or guts check, I'm sorry, which is up there right now. But here's what we're going to do in Nakias' today. Um, we're going to force him to eat a little crow. Uh, but it's not just you. It's not, it's, it's not just you because you weren't the only one. I mean, you were one of the sort of more learned voices who was doing this, But, but and we're going to get to three topics, but the first one is kind of the one everybody's been waiting on, which is I polled on the night of the draft, June 20th, 2019, at around, uh, what time was that? Uh, about 9 o'clock, a little after 9 o'clock. I polled, do you like the Tyler Hero pick for the Miami Heat? And uh, the results uh, were not good. Um, 39% yes, 61% no, that was 3,300 votes. So this was not a small sample size. There were a lot of Camby GIFs, if people are not familiar with the Camby <laughs> GIF, that is a gift that basically says, get that the hell out of here. Um, but I went through it, I went through some of these comments before we get to Nakias. Uh, here's some of the comments that we got on June 20th, 2019. This is from uh, at Heat Fins Fish u, And just like that, Tyler Johnson is back. Discounted. <laughs> Riley is a genius. <laughs> oh, that's a- uh, this, this one from at Patrick2278T. He would have probably been available at 44. This one, uh, let's see this. Uh, this is from, we got a lot of these. I wanted KPJ for people who are not familiar. That's Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, we got that from a ton of different people. Uh, this is a good one. This is from at Vivid Koalas, Vivid Koalas on Twitter. I've stayed positive with the heat and Riley despite the noise that he's washed and has lost his touch. But this dot, 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 I'm done. F Pat, man. F him. I'm over this. Pat, you're an idiot. Damn, man, we really have a tough road ahead of us. Okay, then we've got this one too. Uh, this is from J. Pendis, 1985. The Miami Heat really miss Tyler Johnson that much? LOL. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, let's go through some of the other ones we got one that's a good pick reminds me of Eddie Jones uh, so that's it another one this is from us at Sue Tauber too skinny needs to put on weight um, here is the, <coughs> we have a lot of comparisons to white people uh, JJ Redick Mike Miller Nick Stauskas uh, another one this is we drafted machine gun Kelly uh, this is oh from at, <laughs> this is from at Delasia I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Deleha, 424. I'm sorry, I should do better with that. Awful, just awful. Um, so, so again, I'm letting you off the hook here. Uh, oh, here's another one. At Biscayne Buckets, uh, no E in there, but at Biscayne Buckets, yo, this shit is depressing, LMAO. Um, and uh, here's another one. Uh, this is from at R underscore. Uh, I can never pronounce this one, but this guy tweets at me a lot. I believe it's a guy, uh, G B R E T O U X. We need a basketball junkie on the bench. We could get, um, uh, he said, and then he named a bunch of white guys basically that they could have had instead, uh, but like including Ryan Anderson, who they've had before. Somebody tweeted that he was Capono on roids. Um, and then uh, let's, uh, and then there was one, there was one voice in the lo- in the wilderness this was at the real Abby Gale, and she tweeted, "Give the kid a chance to prove himself, people." Um, Nikias, what were your thoughts on the night of the draft, and did they did they mirror any of the ones that I just read? <clears> uh,
2: I was not pleased with the pick. Um, I didn't think Kyler would be available at forty four. That's kind of ludicrous. I did think that he was going to be available in that like sixteen to twenty range. Mm. So I did feel like the Heat could have, uh, if they really wanted him, they probably could have traded back to get him. Um, Brandon Clark was my guy that I really wanted. Um, Outside of him, I was fine with the Seiku Flyer. I was also fine with a Kevin Porter Jr. Flyer. And, like, they've been fine. Well, KBJ has been fine, especially as of late. Brandon Clark has been good all year, so I'm going to toot my own horn on that one. But Tyler Hero has obviously been much better than I expected.
1: So why? Like like what what is it that and I know you wrote a column on this and and people should go find it. I'm going to retweet it out um, after, you know, this episode post. But what was it that you didn't see that we're seeing now or maybe you started to see in Summer League? Um,
2: It was two things. It was the individual shot creation. I didn't think he had um, didn't think he had much burst. I didn't think he had a tight enough handle to consistently break guys down. And that was kind of the thing that the Heat were still missing at the time. They, still, they needed someone that could create their own on a whim, and I didn't think Tyler could do that, at least not early on. And then also just the physical tools in general. Like I hammered his arms. Um, having a wingspan shorter than his height really worried me. Um, and that, um, that combined with like the athleticism issue that I had when I didn't see a high ceiling for him defensively as well. So if he wasn't a guy that was going to be able to create consistently and he didn't have much upside defensively, you were looking at – a really good shooter, which is fine, but I don't know if that was, I didn't think that was lottery fine with other options on the board.
1: But what does this say about the process, right? So, uh, I mean, you know, the Heat have now gone after, um, I mean, they typically stick to big schools. We've seen this, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Richardson at Tennessee, uh, you know, which, you know, he was a four-year player. I mean, you, I mean, you'd seen enough of him, you kind of knew what he was. Uh, Justice Winslow, Duke, um, you know, obviously they've dug into Duke before. They dig into Kentucky twice with Calipari. I mean, it seems like Pat just goes for the coaches that he trusts. But I think we're seeing that there's some value in that. If you mm-hmm. go for a coach that you trust, uh, what was what was Calipari not having Tyler do in college that maybe he's doing it? Because I, I, I will admit I didn't watch a ton of Kentucky the first half of the season last year, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that I needed to because I don't. Uh, looking back, I don't feel like he made a big impression the first half of the season, and then the second half of the season, and he was arguably their most valuable player from there, um, the guy that Calipari that didn't want to take off the floor. But what was it? Because we've seen this with Kyle Power before. There are things. I mean, Towns, there's things Towns didn't get to in college, right? There's mm-hmm. things uh, a lot of these guys have not gotten to in college that they've expanded. I mean, Bam is a great example of that too, right? right. Um, but what, what, what is it that Tyler was not doing at Kentucky that the Heat have brought out of him? Um, the biggest—they they really didn't
2: trust him to handle the ball as much as like a lottery as you would expect it from a lottery pick. Like even when I went back and did that initial piece on Tyler exploring his upside, he only logged fifty-two pick and roll possessions total. That includes scoring attempts and shots off of passes, and that's just incredibly low for a guy that you're taking even in the back end of the lottery. So the Heat have definitely given Tyler a little bit more room to create, and he has done well with it.
1: So where can it go? Like now, okay, now, now you're evaluating at midstream. Like we've seen him against NBA competition. He's clearly not afraid of the moment, which mm-hmm. is something that's hard to kind of evaluate. Right. Until you see a guy do it. Um, I mean, he, he took a shot the other night that I don't think Deion Waiters and Mario Chalmers would have taken. Like, I mean, that just, <laughs> you talk about irrational yeah. confidence, like maybe it's not irrational with him, but I mean, they had two timeouts. They didn't need a three, <laughs> right? I mean, oh, man, I mean that's a ridiculous shot taken by anybody else. Um, and it worked. Uh, so uh, like now, you're, now you've seen the sample size. Mm-hmm. So what is the upside? I mean, I, I gave this anecdote the other day that a Heat executive uh, has been sort of hammering him on this point because Tyler, and I asked Tyler this in training camp, and he didn't really give me a good answer, but apparently he tells everybody else that he wants, you know, Devin Booker is his model. Mm -hmm. and and uh, this particular heat executive said to him would you stop with that (laughs) you know (laughs) you know because you can be a better all-around player than Devin Booker and the thought it's not to disparage Phoenix but Devin Booker hasn't had to play any defense and hasn't been held accountable for playing not playing any defense and the heat are going to hold Tyler Harrell accountable for that maybe if they were in opposite situations it would look different but they're going to force him to at least attempt to defend and he looks like he's putting in the work there. But like, now that you see him, what is the, is the upside? I mean, let's, let's throw the white guys off the table right now. Right. Because I feel like that's all we were doing before. Right. Mm We'll take, we'll take a, I don't know. It was so, I, I don't know what clay counts as, but like, is, is it clay? Is it Devin? Is it somebody else? Like what is Tyler Harrow's potential?
2: Um, I think the Booker mold is somewhere to look because I do think he has – he's more of a two-level scorer than a three-level scorer. Devin being bigger, I think that helps him a little bit um, at the rim. Tyler has struggled at the rim this year. But um, he has much better feel than I anticipated, and I think he has – I think he definitely has better feel on both ends of the floor than Devin did at the same stage. So I think that's a positive once you combine that with the skills that he already has. Um, He's already a really good off-movement shooter. He's a very good passer. The heater. Again, he'd have trusted him with late possessions and pick and roll because he can make those reads. If the big drops, he can pull up. Um, They overplay him. He has nice um, lob passes to the big. He sees the quarter. Um, So having that field already gives him a leg up. Once the handle tightens up, I think that's really the only thing that's holding him back offensively because I just don't know how much better of a finisher he's going to get. He's going to add some strength. But, I mean, finishing over um, taller players and stronger players, more explosive players, I think that's always going to be at least a little bit of an issue for him. Mm -hmm. that's why you know you see him go when he does get to the rim he's going for those scoops he's not trying to draw contact um doesn't really have that much craft to him yet right but um yeah but from mid-range and out i mean he's lethal and he already has plus passing field so i i would think um, a more efficient booker like guy i -hmm. think is the upside you're looking at Mm -hmm. and he's a guy that can yeah he can empower his teammates as well so i think that's obviously that's a big hit for the heat
1: yeah, and, and I mean, it's clear that his teammates embraced him from the very beginning, which, I mean, when Jimmy but- when you've won Jimmy Butler's trust from the start, like, that's, I mean, I think that's been sort of one of the biggest stories of the season. But I also look at Devin's first year in Phoenix, and he hardly played. Like, and he was the same age as Tyler. Tyler's trending ahead of Devin in some ways. Uh, you mentioned the finishing. It's interesting because um, Goran Dragic doesn't strike me as a guy who ordinarily would be, a, you know, just based on his size, right, would be a great finisher. But until the past couple of years, he was. He was an elite finisher, was he not? I mean, he was, he was in 70% tile and or seven, it was converting 70-something percent of his layups and all the mm-hmm. rest of that. I, I guess my question would be if Goron at his size, I mean, I've stood next to both of them. Mm-hmm. If Goran at his size can be – and Goran's filled out to what he was going to be, right? Tyler, like you said, probably another year in the conditioning program, they bulk him up 5 to 10 pounds while keeping the body fat off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, why couldn't Tyler be as good a finisher as Goran Dragic has been?
2: Um, I think it's more so play style. Goran is a much more physical player. He wants to throw those elbows. He wants to get those shoulders in. When you combine that with the footwork, that's where he's able to kind of um, create windows for himself. Since he also isn't an, ex- an explosive finisher, um, Tyler just doesn't play like that. He's a he's a smoother player, for lack of a better word. Um, definitely wants to get to his spots. He likes pulling up. He likes those scoops. Um, just doesn't have that kind of. Not that he's scared of contact, but he doesn't seek it out like Goran does.
1: Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, Goran likes to play with his teeth on the floor, basically. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that. That's what that. You know that that's what we've seen. All right. So final thing on Tyler, and then we got two other topics I want to get get to with you. Um, in your view, has Tyler Harrell made himself an untradable player? not that another team wouldn't want him, but a guy that you, they, they took Bam out of off the table last year. Like I heard the only, the only team that, that they even can talk to Bam about was San Antonio when Kawhi's situation was happening. Like, I mean, I don't even know that it was talks, but I know it was made clear. Everybody's available. Okay. Um, I did not hear that with the Minnesota talks with Butler, Bam was never on the table. Uh, with Philadelphia, Bam was never on the table. Are we at the, and we know why now, right? <laughs> it's pretty clear why. Um, you know, and I felt that way at the time, but obviously I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly. Right. Uh, is Tyler Hero now, in your view, an untouchable player? Or is there the possibility? And I know that you can't get Beal this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to wait until the end of the year. Right. But, or is he the Karan Butler, Lamar Odom that gets you the Shaq? Is he the Josh Richardson that gets you the Jimmy? Is he the Tyler Hero that gets you the Bradley Beal?
2: Um, I definitely lean towards the latter right now. I think what Tyler has proven already, I mean, with him being ahead of the curve, you don't trade him for a tier two guy. That's when you hear the, the, Drew, Holiday, um, the Drew Holiday thing, as great as mm-hmm. Drew Holiday is, he's not a superstar. You don't give up Tyler Hero for a Drew Holiday as good as he is. Mm-hmm. If Bradley Beal comes up and he's an elite shot creator, and that's really what the Heat are missing, that second guy, or maybe even that first guy, considering what, whatever you think of Jimmy, I think you give up Hero if you want to make that win-now push for a guy like Beal. Or if the Carl Anthony Towns thing becomes real at all, you don't hesitate to include him in a package, even mm-hmm. if that's like a year or two down the line. But like you, the tier two guys and below, you take here off the table.
1: Okay, I'm with you on that, and we were going to talk a little about Carl Anthony Towns, but I just I don't know how you navigate that one, considering that was a big reason Jimmy's not in Minnesota anymore. But I, that when that when that came up the past couple of days, I'm like, wait a second, everybody forget like that's <laughs> like that's kind of what caused Jimmy's problems up there. If you talk to people, so that one was a little lot. All right, we got two more topics to get to today, but before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Auto Nation, the largest auto retailer from coast to coast. They're friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars trucks and SUVs. Toyota Honda Chevrolet Mercedes Benz and much much more And if you are looking by pre-owned shop Auto Nations huge selection of one price pre-owned vehicles all clearly marked with one price their lowest price guaranteed you want to get rid of that old car turn it into cash today get a top dollar offer and a check the very same day they'll buy your car with no purchase necessary here's the biggest thing we've had some listeners do this have a really good experience we're getting into the new year a lot of people need a car you want to lease a car Here's what you do: DM me on Twitter at Sports. That's the number five reason sports, or you can email me at FiveReasonSports at gmail.com. That's spelled out FiveReasonSports at gmail.com. And just let me know, and I will provide your information to a senior manager at AutoNation. They'll reach out to you directly, and they'll walk you through the entire buying process. So that's Autonation.com. All right, let's get to topic two here. When Kaya Stok, we're gonna do three today. Uh, Topic two is Jimmy Butler, and look, (laughs) I think in every conceivable way, Jimmy has exceeded my expectations Um, as as a leader, setting the tone for the team, just his personality, the way he's bonded with guys, the way he's lifted other guys up, the way he's gotten to the free throw line, which is historic for his position in terms of the number of times he's getting to the line, Uh, the defense he was playing particularly early in the season before I think he started to wear it down. Serving as the team's primary ball handler. All of that has been tremendous, except the shooting. And I looked at the shooting numbers the other night, Nakias, and, I mean, when you go beyond 10 feet from every spot on the floor, from every distance, they're the worst of his career since his rookie season Mm -hmm. when he hardly played, didn't start a game. So if you go through, when he started to become a, a significant NBA player in Chicago and Minnesota and Philadelphia, this is the worst he's ever shot from outside 10 feet from everywhere. Um, and just I test and we don't have alf here tonight but I test theater it looks to me like his shots are short and it looks to me like they get shorter as the night goes on and it almost looks to me at times like he doesn't want to shoot it uh, which is problematic you know as you go forward here a little bit uh, how bad is it and is it correctable
2: um to the second question I don't know how correctable it is because like from a form perspective it doesn't look any different from what he looked, what it looked like in Philly, then look much different. Than what it looked like in Minnesota or Chicago, like he's taking the same shots. They are short, and I'm sure fatigue obviously plays a little bit of a part. The workload has been a little bit more than he would anticipate um, with Justice Winslow and Goran Dragic being out. Goran's come back recently, but with those guys being out, Jimmy's had to take on more of the creation responsibilities on type of on top of defending um, elite scores. That's kind of worn him down a little bit.
1: For no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L P.com/slash Miami Heat.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, is the mark of a fighter.
2: and they were wondering if it is it just a matter of him getting tired later in games, and I looked it up. Um, he's much better on jumpers in the first and the third quarter than he is in the second and the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I guess a little bit of a break that he gets there um, gives him a little bit more win. But you, it definitely does get shorter as it goes down. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough to watch because teams duck under pick and, duck, uh, They duck under picks when he's running pick and roll, and that's always been a thing with him. You want to make Jimmy shoot, you don't want to get to the rim and penetrate. But um, he's going to see this in the playoffs. And um, it's going to be kind of tough to will himself to the free throw line 12 to 15 times a game in the playoffs once those um, driving lanes get a little smaller, the refs mm-hmm. swallow their whistles a little bit. Um, if he's not able to make pull up jumpers, it's going to severely hinder what the Heat do offensively. Because, I mean, teams can already kind of hone in on all the, the cuts and things that they do from the high post. And you've seen Philly kind of snuff that out some. Um, if there's no real pull, if you're relying on Tyler Hero, who's been good, and Kendrick Nunn, who's been good, but decision making kind of been all over the place. If you're relying on those guys to be your your pull up threats in a playoff series, mm-hmm. then that's when it really gets tough and it's hard to have much confidence in the heat in a playoff season. Obviously, we're far away out, but that's kind of how I look at it. Um, it's definitely concerning at this point.
1: So, I mean, the comparison that's made uh, for Jimmy a lot of times has been Dwayne, you know, not because he's exactly the same player as Dwayne, but there, there's some overlap in their skill sets uh, in terms of seeing the floor, um, in terms of neither of them being elite long range shooters, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, when I sometimes when I see Jimmy in the post, he reminds me of Dwayne, uh, just <laughs> mannerisms. Kind of when he waits to make a move or when he make waits to make a pass and for the double, Um, and and Dwayne was never like I said not an elite shooter, uh, but I don't feel like he's ever he ever had a stretch over the course of his career, particularly prime right and when and when he was not, uh, you know when he was not sort of debilitated by that knee situation, I, I don't feel like he ever had a stretch that was this bad for this long. Right. Like, I I mean, I feel like we had the Dwayne conversation many times, like, okay, but there were spots on the floor, right? Like you knew that spot, you know, Dwayne wore out that spot kind of on the, you know, sort of the left wing, you know, 16 to 18 feet, like those kind of, like, I don't feel like Jimmy has a spot right now. Like I, 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 it just doesn't look like there's any place on the court that's comfortable for him unless he gets kind of in one of those zones late. And like you said, his numbers late have been declining except for his ability to get to the line. And then we even saw the other night, you know, where he made what his first 11 or something like 10 free throws, but then missed three of five down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that nearly cost them the game. Um, I, I, <laughs> is there anything Spolster can do? to make this more comfortable for, I mean, I know there's one thing that can happen on the roster and that's going to be our third topic today, which is justice. Uh, But is there anything Spolster can do in the interim when he doesn't have justice to make this more comfortable for Jimmy? Um, The
2: only thing I can think of would be kind of running some of those, um, some of those flex options, those flex actions that he used to run for Dwayne to kind of get them those quick hitter post-ups and kind of get them on moving that way. So he can attack the defender quickly and it'll make it easier for him to get to the free throw line or go to those post fades or whatever instead of him trying to dribble, 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 get a screen, reset, clear out, reset, you know, and then try to create that way. So maybe getting him some quicker and easier looks will help him a little bit. Um, Just going back to the Dwayne comparison, the one thing Dwayne always had was elite touch inside of 15 feet. You know, the shooting and the spacing concerns really came from three-point range where he wasn't that good and he also wasn't very willing to take them. Um, I don't think Jimmy has the willingness issue, but, it's more of a matter of touch. It's good, but it's not that to where he can kind of um, correct himself, but he's going to have to find a rhythm pretty quickly. I'm not sure how he does it.
1: Yeah, that's the question. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's gotten better in any particular game, which is, uh, I mean, there, there was, I was the Phoenix game. He went off in the first half. Uh, There's been a couple, but I, I, it's just, it's gotten, it's, it's been such a downhill trend at this stage um, that I almost feel like he needs two weeks off. And he's not going to get it because even – look, he's going to play in the All-Star game in his home – not his hometown, but in Chicago Mm -hmm. where he played. He's going to be run ragged. I already know he's got events up there. Uh, He's going to play in the game he's just not going to get a break. And, and so uh, they're going to have to try to figure something out. All right, we'll get to our third topic here in a second. But before we do, I want to another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayburg Law Firm. You can find them at com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day. That's right, 24 hours a day to help you out with anything that you need from a legal perspective, specialized in things like immigration, personal injury, and traffic tickets. Again, you can find them at onecalllegal.com. They are based... In North Miami, so right off of I-95, you're actually familiar with everybody in there. They're great people. It will definitely help you out. Mention five reasons. I'm not going to say they'll take special care of you, but yeah, they'll take special care of you. So mention five reasons. That's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. All right, one more topic to get to today. And before we do, I'm not going to say that this is news. I'm not going this far with it, Nakias. But look, um, Justice is going to miss, I believe, his 12th or 13th straight game uh, with the back problem. And this came after the concussion problem, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of put that one to the side because head injuries are head injuries. And, you know, it, it, I, I never criticize a guy for missing time for a head injury. I don't really admit, criticize a guy for missing time for anything else either, but I've said before that there are two reasons that the heat end up being sort of very nonspecific about injuries. And the first reason is because it's worse than they've let on. And the second reason is sometimes they don't think it's as bad as maybe the player does. Um, and the only thing I can tell you right now is I, I have said this on two other podcasts. I believe it's the second. Okay. Uh, from, from my information, I, I believe uh, that there's been some difference of opinion here about exactly, you know, kind of what justice has been going through. And we even saw them change the characterization of the injury from a back strain to a bone bruise. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can just tell you right now that I wouldn't be surprised if this is a lot longer, I'm not going to get more specific than that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be a lot longer. Like I, just cause we saw justice on the bench the other game, getting into it. Uh, and he's been back in some of their promotional stuff. I noticed on the big screen, I don't know that he was ever pulled off, but I noticed that he was there on there the other night. I, I'd, I'd be surprised, um, I'd be surprised if he's back in the next week. Let's put it that way. Uh, And it could go a lot longer than that. And it is something to monitor here. Uh, So let's get into, you know, again, I don't want to play amateur doctor. You're not, you're not a doctor either. I will just say that as I have more to report, that's more nailed down that I'm kind of close to uh, I will (laughs) report it. I'm just going to say that don't expect him to be back in the near term. Um, With that being said, what are they missing? Because you thought he was going to be their point guard this year. So did I. Mm-hmm. Clearly that's not happening. But what, what are they missing without him on the floor?
2: They miss his defense more than anything. And I think that's probably the biggest difference between him and Kendrick Nunn specifically. Kendrick Nunn started off the season fairly well defensively, um, hounding guards over screens. Um, he's kind of dying on them now. And um, he just doesn't have the quickness, the length, the feel on that end to really to like help and recover in a way that justice could. And that's where a lot of Miami's issues are coming from in terms of giving up three point attempts. And they have been lit up a little bit recently. Um, They've been allowing three point, a lot of three point attempts all season long, but it's gotten worse over time because they just don't have anyone that can kind of stop middle penetration. And that just causes a lot of stress from elsewhere. That's why I think that's part of the reason why the Heat have gone to zone so much, because mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of suck you in the middle there, mm-hmm. kind of help that way, and force passes outside. And you know, you can contest the ball to break threes. You just kind of live with what happens. But um, it, it's just not a real healthy way to play defense, especially since you're playing a lot of Myers Leonard at center. You're playing a lot of well, not much Kelly Olynyk at center <laughs> recently. Right. Um, just having those guys out there, they aren't traditional rim protectors. They're both fine positionally, but they're not fearful room so if you do allow that mental penetration you're hoping for bam to do something incredible you're hoping for jimmy butler to kind of come in with his quick hands and if that doesn't happen it's why the heat have been one of if not the worst team in terms of field goal percentage allowed at the rim all season long they just don't allow those attempts because they've kind of sold out on those drives and i think right. having justice back allows them to relax a little bit
1: gotcha gotcha all right. so let's shift to the other side of the floor because the ball was supposed to be in his hands a ton. Season opener without Jimmy Butler, he goes 27-7, and seven and we thought, okay, he's turned the corner, and he even said after the game, I was right there, you know, I feel like this is my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now he comes back. He's not going back in the starting lineup, at least not at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like they, I mean, Eric has stuck with that lineup forever, and the numbers were very good for a long time, but we know what some of the defensive limitations are with that lineup. Um, and I don't know that that'll be the playoff lineup, but you know, it's, it was going to be the regular season lineup for a little bit longer, but offensively, like there are heat fans who don't want him back because they, they were tired of seeing him miss layups. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to explain, well, yes, there's some miss layups and yes, the shooting was clunky early in the season, but I don't want a situation where, you know, you don't want a situation where you don't have him and Jimmy and Goran Dragic at his age. I mean, mm-hmm. Goran handling the ball as much as he handled on that back-to-back against Indiana and, and Philadelphia. Like, Goran was great late in that game, but that's not ideal, <laughs> okay? Right. Um, and, and you can't afford to have Goran break down again because that happens a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to milk, you know, so as much as they can out of him until the playoffs, but they need him for the playoffs. Uh, what, what would it look like with, with Justice back in the lineup offensively?
2: It gives them another guy that can penetrate the basket without much help and I think that would kind of allow them to break away from some of that high post stuff that they use to try to create those little cracks in the defense. Having a guy like Justice that can get to the rim when he wants um, will allow – they'll kind of set up some of those kick-out passes, and once the defense is rotating, it makes those driving lanes easier once you're attacking a scrambling defense already. Justice helps with that. Now, obviously, the, the finishing is going to have to come around. Um, the spot-up shooting is definitely going to have to come around. I'm not particularly sure what was going on with his shooting. Well, I'll take that back it seems like he was trying to quicken up his release. And I think the early returns on that were not great, but it wasn't something I was seriously concerned with. I think that was something he was going to end up working out. We have a mm. pretty decent sample size that he's a, he's at least a respectable spot up shooter now. Okay. I wasn't too much worried about that. That's just the issue of him trying to work out some new things, but that's going to have to come. Assuming he comes back relatively soon, that's something that's going to have to be settled by the time the playoffs come around, because if All you right. can't be trusted to knock down spot up shots, then he's basically going to have to be a four. Mm-hmm. And if Derrick Jones Jr. doesn't slow down, then what is the justification in the playoff setting at that point? You'll be looking at Justice as a situational player, and that's just f- very far from what I expected from him this season and what mm-hmm. a lot of Heat fans expected him, from him this season.
1: Right. And this, again, supposes health. And, and like I said, I, I don't have any guarantee that the health situation is going to solve itself. Like I think Heat fans have kind of been waiting for him to just pop back in the lineup like that from again my understanding is that's not going to happen now that of course because I'm saying this now you know you know we'll see him in Orlando or whatever see him (laughs) this week Uh, but but I'm just telling you from from what I've heard uh, and you know I've gotten this information from places that have given me good information lately like from a similar place that gave me the Dion Waiters boat incident situation so I, (laughs) I feel fairly comfortable saying that this is going to be longer than people expect Um, whether it's going to be season ending or something i can't speak to that at this point i don't think they know honestly i don't think they know i I think that this is just something it's got to play out Um, whenever you have a situation where you know something is sort of mysterious uh, that creates sometimes some uncertainty and sometimes some distrust um and that that's always complicated and then you get into second opinions and then you get into the agents getting involved, and again, I'm not saying all of that's happening here, but I've heard some things that have been similar to those kind of situations in the past, and yes. and so it's something to monitor. Uh, final thing. So Justice and Jimmy, like we saw them in a photo shoot together before the season and we haven't seen them since. Um, So, so I mean, I think defensively, we all thought that was going to be maniacal and terrific and offensively, it was going to take some time to work out. Like you said, you know, one of them has got to be a spot up shooter at times and Jimmy's not shooting the ball well and justice wasn't shooting the ball. Well, can Jimmy and justice play together?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think it'll work. Honestly, obviously Depends on Justice getting back and finding his rhythm as a shooter. But I think Justice is the more willing and the better spot-up shooter. And you kind of want to empower Jimmy anyway just because he's that good of a scorer, and that's what the Heat have been missing. But mm. I ultimately think that that's going to work out. Jim, Justice is a high-IQ guy, um, has the spot-up shooting in his bag that he has to get back to. Um, he can penetrate the basket. That's going to open up things for Jimmy as a secondary driver and vice versa. Um, I, I think the fit is a little bit clunky, but I think it would work assuming justice gets back.
1: Right. And that's the thing, assuming justice gets back and when he gets back, right? Because they're going to need some time to sort it out. And, and you may end up sort of reinventing the wheel late in the season. There have been heat situations in the past where guys came back late in the year and it didn't work out very well. I mean, the one, the best example, and there have been other since, and I'm again, I'm dating myself, but if you go back to, you know, I guess it was 2000, 2001 where Zoe missed the first 69 games and came back for the last 13 Mm-hmm. and Anthony Mace, you know, had sort of established himself as an all-star, although he was declining as the season went on. They'd figured out a way to play. Zoe came back. Mason wasn't happy. You know, that plays into it, too. Sometimes guys get, you know, sort of their egos screwed up when, you know, we saw that with Dion this year, right? Guys get their egos screwed up when they're playing the whole year. I mean, what if, you know, I don't know how Kendrick, I mean, Kendrick Nunn's a rookie. He seems like, you know, he's, he's taking everything in stride this year. Uh, but what if Justice come back, starts eating into his minutes and his confidence starts to go? You just don't know what's going to happen you know, late in the year. And I remember going back to that 2000, 2001 season, you had Alonzo Mourning come back and Anthony Mason, everybody tells you, may he rest in peace, went in the tank. Just, you know, and then that first round series against Charlotte, if anybody remembers that one, they got blown off the floor. That was when Pat Riley came out and said, I was embarrassed, I was humiliated. Uh, basically, Eddie Robinson, um, you remember him? And uh, Ricky Davis, you know, along with Jamal Nashburn, Just ran them completely off the floor, so it is a concern when you're making changes too late in the season. Which is why you'd like to see Justice come back here in the next sort of two to four weeks. Also, the other thing is, you know, if he's a trade candidate, you kind of want to see him play first, so you have a better evaluation of how he fits in your future with this group. You just haven't had any chance to do it, right? Um, So, so all of that plays into it. Last thing for Nikias Duncan, uh, bad loss against Washington the other night. Again, I, I think you know they were kind of due for one of those, especially if they're playing an eight man rotation. Uh, but what do you think right now, seeing where this team is, what is this team's upside? I've asked this question of others on the podcast. Um, You know, we've had uh, Amin thinks they can go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Sekou Smith said he thought second round of the playoffs is probably uh, where they're at. Where are they at for you? I think second
2: round for sure. Um, Well, even then, it's really going to depend on matchups because the top six in the East is so tight. I think... That's why a loss like that to Washington why is a little bit understandable because of the rotation. That was their third game in four, four nights. Um, things like that. That matters. But also, that's the kind of game that can kind of screw you in seeding later. And if that game ends up becoming the deciding factor in Miami being the third seed and facing Indy and then right. having a 2-7 matchup against like Boston in the second round, or that loss making them the fourth seed later on, they get Philly in the first round, and if they get by Philly, then they get Milwaukee, Milwaukee right then I mean you're looking at a tougher road so I do think they need to be cognizant of that but I, I don't think the loss itself is that big of a deal
1: well other teams have had those losses. I mean Milwaukee's the only one that hasn't any of those losses I think I saw against under 500 teams are undefeated and the heat have lost three now because Minnesota's under 500 but they weren't under 500 at the time mm-hmm. so it's basically it's Minnesota Memphis and Washington um I, I compared to the past couple of years that's pretty damn good. Like, I mean, we saw them lose. I mean, they lost to Atlanta three times last year, right? Charlotte. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, they, I mean, they had bad losses. I mean, there was a loss to the Knicks last year. Right. So I, I think that that's been pretty consistent, but I do think if he's going to continue to play eight guys, which is kind of what's happening because there's not much trust in Olympic right now. You've got dead roster spots with Dion, JJ and Haslam. You've got a two-way I mean, they just don't have a lot of bot and justice, right? And so you just don't have a lot of bodies. You're going to keep playing eight. Uh, you know, it's not going to go very well. So I'm just curious to see if at least JJ can get a few minutes to just rest somebody, but it seems like there's a culture issue there or something, because I, that, that one, <laughs> that one hasn't made a lot of sense. All right. Follow him at Nakaya Stunk. And also, as I said, check out the launching pad on our website. It's a great read all the time. I always learn something. Um, my season ticket column will, will debut, at some point over the next week, and I'll be going uh, every week. That's going to be actually sponsored by Cervanti Clothier, so hopefully I'll look a little better, too, than I have in the past. Catch up with Alex and Alf later this week. We're debuting a new segment called Wet Blanket. That is for uh, Alex, um, who just goes by Tropical Blanket, but because he's so negative, according to all of you, we're going to call it Wet Blanket. And we're also going to have I Test Theater with Alf on Sydney, so uh, check that out as well. Nikias, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me.